0: okay well we hope this works because i've got a new microphone and uh, a whole bunch of little changes which frankly i don't know if it makes any blind bit of difference but um, anyway i've got a slightly different setup i used to have this like cheap little microphone on top of the phone and i have a slightly less cheap microphone at the bottom of the phone so i don't know we'll see if it makes a difference I wanted to cover a couple of points. I briefly saw parts of um, one of Owen's streams about um, the flat earth or you know the earth is not a globe. I mean there are basically just three things that I, I really don't like about Owen. One is he called me British you know and th- there's gonna have to be blood spilt over that. That's just wrong. Then there's you know the whole the earth is not a globe, the moon is not a satellite thing, it's you know. But I'm pretty sure if I spent some time with Owen, I'd be able to convince him of the reality of the globe Earth. Um, With my huge telescope, I'd uh, be able to show him that the moon moves, it's got mountains, all sorts of things. Um, And then, of course, that unforgivable sin that, uh, you know, he licks his finger when he turns the page of his dictionary. That's just wrong. But anyway, aside from that, I really love the guy. So, um... But anyway, so he was going on about that and then I saw a piece of a stream of Vox, I don't remember what the number was, 467, I think, was about the gammas and 468 was about a, um, what was it called? There was a play on words on one of the books that he's published, A um, something like an equation of almost infinite stupidity. <laughs> and man, do I relate to, to what he was talking about there because he was uh, discussing, the fact that the uh, evolutionists don't understand the concept of why time m- makes it impossible for evolution to be real. Very similarly to the, the video I did on the on the on uh, the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how many billions of monkeys you have typing for however long, you just don't have enough time in the whole universe. They will never write Shakespeare. They will never write the works of Shakespeare. They can't even get a 50-character sentence, you know, the beginning of *The Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, without the comma, so you just have 50 characters, including spaces. You can't get that. If you have a billion monkeys on every planet that we could possibly have in the entire known universe, for the duration of the entire life of the whole universe, the chances are very, 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 almost infinitesimally small that you would ever get that sentence of 50 characters. So the entire works of Shakespeare, no. You would need trillions and trillions and trillions of lifetimes of the entire universe just to get those 50 characters. Now, if you don't understand that issue, you know, that's just one issue. There are, you know, dozens of other uh, you know, there there are constants, universal constants, that if they were out by like a, the tiniest fraction, you know, by like 1 to the power of 200, you know, 1 to the power of minus 200, it's like the tiniest fraction, if they were out of whack by that infinitesimally small thing, the universe could not possibly support life. And you know, there's not one or two of these. They stack. And they don't stack linearly, they stack logarithmically. So you know, no. The universe did not get created by chance it's the same as when I say you know it's like you picking up a rock throwing a rock at a mountain and as a result of that rock hitting the mountain you get a fully functional hyperspace spaceship built complete with working computers inside it's it's the same it's about that level of nonsense it's just not gonna happen and when you're dealing with people that you know are talking about stuff like that or, or where they, they just they haven't got a clue you know, like Vox said something that made me laugh because he said, you know, one of the guys that was arguing against his uh, the mathematical proof, basically, which Vox did that, you know, evolution can't work, he said, you know, one guy said, oh, well, but time doesn't matter. And it's like, you know, if you think that time doesn't matter in that thing, you don't understand the problem. You you literally do not have the the mental capacity to deal with the issue. But the thing that cracked me up was that another guy was arguing for not just that time didn't matter but that he didn't believe in numbers you know what what is there to try and talk about with a guy like that? you know that that's the equivalent of you saying, "Look, you know two plus two is four, and the guy on the other side of the table who says, "No, purple, purple! The fuck do you say to that? you know. and that level of stupidity is partly, large part, why I'm pretty misanthropic, you know, I was 26 years old when I wrote The Face on Mars, and before that, I'd I'd figured that out, you know, in my teens at school, was like, I am surrounded by an ocean of complete morons, you know, that I'm literally, you know, some of my teachers couldn't, you know, I, I was beyond them, in some cases, in their own subject. You know, by the time I was at um, third-year education, it would be like university or, uh, you know, a higher national diploma, that sort of stuff. There were lecturers in, in our course that I was better at pretty much everything that they taught, uh, including mathematics. And I wasn't better than the mathematics the maths teacher. The maths teacher was brilliant. He was a, a genius that guy could teach math to chimpanzees. Honestly, he, he could teach math to, like, an amoeba. You know, he, he was genial. But, um, you know, the, the fluid mechanics guy, he, he, you know, that the guy couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag intellectually. And, you know, so I'd figured out long before the age of 26 that, you know, uh, most people are idiots. Uh, and from my perspective, that is absolutely true. I mean, I even wrote. You know, I was. Uh, I hated poetry when I was at, in high school because it made like very little sense. When the teachers tried to interpret it, they often interpreted wrong. And you know, I found this out. I, I proved it to myself enough times that I was like, yeah, I just you know, whatever. I don't care. We we uh, we had some teachers that would um, try and interpret various different poetry or, or even books in their own particular little fetishistic way, which had nothing to do with the intention of the author, which you could find out, you know, because sometimes these authors had written about it and so on. Um, but I don't remember the poem who wrote it. It, was, it. was It's something like water, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. And it was a very short poem about a guy that's lost at sea. You know and uh he's got water all around him but there isn't a drop to drink and um I I I said like I think the, the one that I'd made up was morons 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 everywhere and not a brain to think you know <laughs> it's pretty much how I felt it's like yes I'm just surrounded by cretins and I was age 16 at that time so you know when when you have a mind that can process things a lot quicker than the average person. And then, because, you know, you can't relate to a lot of people a lot, you end up reading and discovering a lot more. I mean, keep in mind that essentially a PhD is basically reading something like 50 books about a subject. Essentially, that's a PhD. And, you know, I read uh, works that were um, considered... Uh, syllabus works for things like astronomy and whatever for fun i read that for fun since i was age 16 so you know i wouldn't say i'm a phd in astronomy certainly but um i can keep up with like the concepts you know um the maths i have fallen behind a little bit because i just although i've worked in construction engineering and so on um you know i can do a lot of maths but ask me to do calculus in, in sort of my head, I can't, you know, I would have to use a calculator, but give me a calculator and I can do a whole bunch of stuff, you know. So there isn't really a topic that interests me that I can't become, you know, fairly good at uh, discussing or conversing or so on. And that to a certain extent, tends to alienate you even more. You know, I've I've, um, some guys I know that are really good guys, smart, intelligent people, but they they, they will sometimes try and catch me out. They'll go like uh, one that happened quite recently was like, do you know what else affects your character and your personality? And I just sensed what they were going to say next. And I was like, yeah, the bacteria in your stomach. And it was like, damn it. How do you know that? Why are you so well read? You know, it's, they just got upset by the fact that I they didn't know something that I didn't already know. And. But the thing is, it's not a point of pride for me. It's never been. It's just been a point of frustration because, you know, even after I did the IQ tests and, and I figured out, you know, above 150, I scored 157 the first time and I thought that can't be Right. So I made sure that, you know, to try hard, really, on the on the second test. And I took a different test, um, the same scale, but there were different official tests. Uh, don't ask me. I don't remember. You know, I did this when I was in my 20s. And it didn't matter to me. You know, it mattered to me just because I thought that the first test was, was wrong. And I thought, oh, this must be some weird, cheap-ass, fake test. It wasn't. Um, it was an official test, but I just thought, nah, no, these guys must be bullshit. So I went to look for... It wasn't the Mensa n 3 one it was something else, but I can't remember what it was. So I did that one and I scored 152 because I was really trying hard, you know, and the first one I just kind of did it like, yeah, whatever. And um, the thing is, when you're trying harder to do something, you generally perform a little bit worse. So you average it out, I reckon it's probably around 155 or so. And when your IQ is in that area, You're, you know, less than about one in 10,000 people have got that level of IQ. So you do become pretty isolated. And when it comes to relationships, again, if you have an upbringing or just a general sense of things that you want to be fair, you know, I never, even after I did the test, I never considered myself particularly super intelligent. I just assumed everybody could do what I was doing. And the fact is they can't. And it becomes very frustrating because you're like, but why don't, you know, look, can you just do that, 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 and you get this? And they were like, no, but no, that's not right. And they're not trying to piss you off. You know, they genuinely cannot see the steps you did. I had a brilliant chemistry teacher and he was brilliant, not because he was that good, but because he was a good teacher. His intent was to teach. And when you're working out, um, uh, they uh, oh I forgot what it's called now you know molars and all that stuff when you basically when you're trying to work out how much of a particular uh, element there is in, in a in a substance or whatever and you do these like molar equations there's there's equations that you use to like do the to figure out how how much of something there is in a substance after a reaction and he was teaching us how to do it. And there were basically seven mathematical steps to do it. And I was like, why on earth would you do that? You know, you can do it in three. And that's what I used to do. And he was like, he actually came to talk to me because I did it in like a couple of uh, um, tests. And then um, he marked the tests and said, listen, I I don't understand, you know, like I'm not sure if I should give you the marks here. And I was like, why? I got the right answer. And he's like, yeah, you got the right answer, but I don't understand the process you're doing to do it. And I'm like, but it's really simple. Look, I'll show you. It's, you know, it's these three steps. It's that, and then that, and then you get a percentage. And he was like, but, but how do you know that works every time? And honestly, I was shocked. You know, when he said that, I was like, what? Because it was clear to me that he couldn't follow the whole pattern of what I was doing, which to me was absolutely obvious. I was like, why did I do it in seven steps? I genuinely thought, oh, it must be some silly english thing where you have to like tick all the boxes to get i'm like screw that shit you know i'm just gonna do it the way that works but it was obvious you know to me it was absolutely obvious that you can see the the steps you know it's like it's not just i was like what do you mean you don't know if it works every time you know it would be like let me try and make an analogy that make makes sense let's say let's say you understand percentages which i don't know if everybody watching this channel actually does but It's the simplest thing I can think of. Let's say that you understand percentages and you say, well, you know, 50% of something is like half. 25% of something is like a quarter. And the guy goes, well, but how do you know that? And you say, well, if you put, you know, 50 divided by 100, 0.5. And if it's, you know, 25 divided by 100, it's 0.25, you know, so it's it's like a quarter. And when they, when they, Say that you know when you when you do that and you show them, it's like, well, look, but how do you know it works every time? It's like, what, dude? It's converting a percentage to a decimal or to a fraction. It's, but it has to work every time because it's maths, you know? It's and that was genuinely that was my my internal reaction, but I was like, what the hell? And this guy's my teacher. I was like, um well, because. Because it's maths. You know, I didn't even I sort of like say it does work every time because, and to his credit, and this is why he was a good teacher. He looked at me and he goes, well, I, I can't follow what you're doing. But if you're sure that you get the right answer every time, that's fine. However, because I can't follow what you're doing. If you get the answer wrong, I'm going to give you zero marks because I can't mark your working out. You know, if you do the steps the way I've told you, even if you get the answer wrong, but you get three of the steps right, at least you get three marks. You know, and I said, look, I'm I'm certain about this. So, if you let, if you, I'd really prefer to do it my way, and get zero marks if I get it wrong. And he goes, okay, that's fine. I came first in that class. You know, I had the highest score in the whole class, with the exams, the final exams, and. I never studied for any of my exams. None. Literally none. For the French exam. I literally partied all night and went from the party to the exam, wrote it half assed and walked out. And I passed. You know, well. Not not just you know, but so the thing is I'm not telling you guys all this to boast as a point to all this. What I'm what I'm telling you all this is that it's actually really frustrating you know, it's frustrating, it's been frustrating in relationships, it's been frustrating in, uh, you know, intimate relationships, because there's also another sad effect of of the IQ curve, is that men are, there are more men at both ends of the bell curve, so there are more, you know, mentally handicapped, retarded people, whatever you want to call them, whatever the politically correct term is, that are men but there are also more genius people that are men and while you know up to about like 120 150 120 there are a bit less women in that range um, by the time that you get to like the 130 plus 140 150 it's one to ten so if, if there is one every 10,000 people with an IQ like mine with women it's one in a hundred thousand you know so I actually calculated once And there's about 10 million people in London. And I calculated, and I was like, what are the chances that I find a perfect woman in London? You know, there are 10 million people. Let's just make the maths easy. Let's say half of them are are women, you know, but then that includes every woman from the age of like one to 90 or whatever. Say, well, let's be generous. Let's half that again. And let's say that, you know, there's two and a half million women that have got the right... um, Age bracket within you know a pretty wide margin um, so that would be two and a half million and then let's say if they had to have an IQ like mine you know once I figured this out I actually did the calculation I actually have I might have I found it recently I was cleaning up my um, I was cleaning up one of my my boxes and I found this little piece of paper and I was like, what is this scribbling?" Uh, I don't know if I can find it. I'm sorry if this is making a bunch of noise. No, uh, I don't know where I've got it somewhere in my desk, but I can't I can't figure it out right now. So um, anyway, so it was like okay, of this two and a half million uh, women, what generally speaking is the chances that I find a woman attractive? You know, let's say there's two and a half million women of the right sort of bracket. I thought, well, you know, generally speaking, it's pretty rare. I mean, you know, if on average, you know, the thing is you only look at the ones that you kind of get attracted to a little bit, but on average, and and I said, you know, let's shoot for the top. Let's shoot for like kind of the best. And it's like, it's probably like one or two, you know, let's be a bit harsh on this one because I'm pretty particular. Let's say like one, in the average one in a hundred. So, you know, you've got like, Two and a half million women, and uh, if you only pick one out of a hundred of those as um, as being viable, let's say, um, you know, you're down to uh, what is it? Two two and a half million. So you take off two zeros. It's two hundred fifty. It's twenty five thousand women, right? So twenty five thousand women, and then I said well, what if we also have to use the like IQ thing, you know? And then it's like it blew the whole thing out of the water. So I, I changed it to like, okay, let's say it's one in 10 women or something. Then it was 250,000. And then if they had to have the same sort of IQ as me, that's like two and a half women or something. You know, it was, I mean, it was a ridiculous exercise. I just did it for, for the fun of the, of the, of the maths or whatever. But At the same time, statistically speaking, there was some logic behind it, you know, so um, from a certain perspective, you could look at that and sort of think, man, that's that's not good, you know, (laughs) and uh, of course, you know, real life doesn't quite work like that, but it's still an indicator. And the thing is, it used to frustrate me a lot throughout my life. Pretty much it's been a source of uh, pain more than pleasure, really. Um, The pleasure I've had from it is my own internal intellectual pleasure or personal pleasure. For having figured something out or having written The Face of Mars and having figured out stuff that, you know, people that have been looking at this for years hadn't quite seen the, the asteroid impacts, the way that Mars got destroyed and so on and I made videos about this stuff, so you can look at the Simon-Dan duel and whatever. And keep in mind, you know, in a video, there's no way I can match up all the details that I've put in the book. And even in the book, there's still gonna be little bits and pieces that I've left out just because of space or whatever, you know. Anyway, the point is, there is a way that you can survive, even intense stupidity, a lot better. And it's since I became Christian, I've been a lot more forgiving on the stupidity of people, because they can't help it, you know, to a certain extent, I actually feel sorry for them, because I'm like, man, you know, it's pretty hard for me to go through life being smart, but geez, I would hate to go through life being really dumb, you know, it's like, you kind of, Get into these painful situations, you don't even know why. I get into painful situations and I do know why. It's like, I've been in plenty of painful situations and it's like, well, it's because you were a curious idiot and you had a bit too much faith in, you know, whatever. At that time I wasn't Christian, whatever I was, I had faith in whatever, either myself, the universe or some random genetic god I didn't really believe in or, or people or whatever. But it's like... um Ultimately, it's the weakness of human beings that let me down most of the time. Um, So, but as a Christian, it's sort of like, well, everybody has weaknesses. And then you, you also, you know, when you do become a Christian, the way that I became a Christian, the first thing that you see, you know, in the road to Damascus moment, the first thing that Paul saw was like how wrong he was, how absolutely wrong he was about everything. And once you see that, it's hard to forget that, you know, so it's like, wow. So I'm such a smart guy. I'm so clever. I got such a high IQ. I can figure shit out in like a tenth of the time it takes everybody else to do it. And I was that wrong about everything. Hmm. And that guy who's got like a 70 IQ and he goes to church every week, he was more right than I was. So, and that's what I mean. You know, I've never felt ashamed of that or whatever, but it's... That's why I never put too much stock in anything to do with my IQ. I mean, I know smart and stuff, but I never really put much stock in it until I started to understand the the issues that come from the IQ gap. And again, I've made a, a video on this. I think it's called Vox, Dale, Owen, Benjamin, and the IQ gap, something like that. But just because you've got a high IQ doesn't mean you can't be spectacular spectacularly wrong about shit like for example the moon not being a satellite and going around the earth you know just to throw one out there at random i own um or you know just not understand the unhygienic and disgusting process of licking your finger to turn pages in dictionaries you know i've got a 13 volume set here what it would be like if i licked my finger to turn those pages that would just be wrong wrong Wrong. You should stop that. Um, So yeah, it's, and, you know, it's not just for IQ. The thing about being Christian is it's forgiving on a lot of stuff. Because if you're really a Christian, if you truly understand being Catholic, you know, people say, oh, you know, Catholic guilt. Now, guilt, you know, many years ago, when I was going through my first emotion, no, my, my first divorce, sorry, not my first emotion. Uh, you know, I'm not that much psychopathic. I've had few emotions in my life. But when I was going through my first divorce, um, and I was on the phone with my brother, and I said, you know, fuck, I can feel guilty about not having been able to make my marriage work or stuff like that. And my brother on the other end of the phone goes like, nah, you pussy. Guilt is a useless emotion. And, you know, I know that he was saying it partly just to raise my morale, but the thing is it made me think, and I was like, you know what, he's kind of right, because if you know you've done something wrong and you knew when you were doing it that it was wrong, then the guilt sort of has reason for being and you should make amends. But if you're genuinely, you know, doing what you thought was right or doing the best you could at the time with information you had. And things just spectacularly fucking flame out. Well, you know, how guilty are you? You know, maybe it was bad luck. Maybe it was meant to be. Who knows? You know? And either way, beating yourself up about it isn't going to change shit. So, you know, if you know that you did something wrong, then fucking fix what you can fix. If you can't fix it again, you know, make sh- make sure you learn your lesson. Make sure at least your guilt serves only as a, a limiter to making sure you never go down that fucking road again. But guilt, per se, is a useless emotion. And yet, you know, Catholics are very aware that we are all broken sinners, you know. That doesn't mean that you don't take your sword, your armor, and go off on a crusade when you need to. And, you know, kill the enemy by in droves when you have to. And again, I'm not advocating violence in general, you know, just self-defense, just war, all that stuff. But the point is, Don't let your brokenness weigh you down so that you become ineffective. You know, you're broken and you're ineffective. Get better. Fix that shit. Work harder, you know, whatever. But once you are aware of your own limitations, of your own faults, of your own weaknesses, of your own stupidity, it becomes a lot easier to forgive other people theirs. Um, I wouldn't say it's fun necessarily, but I don't expect too much from people anymore, you know. And um, it's interesting. I had an email exchange with Vox a while back. Can't remember what it was about. But I said something like, you know, and Vox has said, I'm a very patient man. And he is. He is a very patient man. And uh, I was like, man, I really don't know how you manage that shit. And and he was like, he wrote back to me and he's like, man, I'm not patient because it's, you know, constitutionally necessarily how I'm built. I'm patient because if I wasn't, I'd be a constant walking ball of rage, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh, so so that's how you deal with that shit, is it, vox? You know, I was more like walked through life like yeah i'm I'm not gonna have rage, I got good reflexes, you know, he just pissed me off, bang, <laughs> it was like it was sort of um I couldn't say that i i've I've lived angry, that's not accurate at all. I've always pretty much woken up happy. But whew, pardon me. Uh, but um, I certainly remember a lot of people saying, man, but you like don't you know, you don't let any anything go in terms of like, you know, there's battles you could just avoid. And I'm like, no, ah, fuck that. And they were like, but don't you get tired of like, just whenever anything comes up that it, that there's, there's a confrontation? You're like, yeah, I'm in there. Did you ever get tired? I was like, dude, no. I'd get tired if I didn't, because if I didn't, then I'd be carrying that shit. I'd be like, M- you know, that guy just did an evil, wrong fucking thing. And then, he, then he still tra- acted like he was right and he was wrong and he did the wrong thing and he hurt people and pissed me off and got in my way. And, and, and I just kept quiet because I was trying to be polite. And then he did it again. And you know that would bug me. If instead it's like, no, I'm going to fucking slap you into a coma. If, if you keep doing that shit and you tell him to his face, like, hey, have you finished now? Because otherwise you're going to have a fucking problem with my face on it, you know? And they are like, oh, well, well, you know, I, 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 well, I, you what? We're here now. Just you and me now. Yeah, maybe later I can spend six months in jail. But, you know, you've really pissed me off now. You were very disrespectful to the lady that I'm with. So what's going to happen now? And the reality, of course, is that when shit like that happened, I didn't have a very long conversation, you know. I was was still, I just finished high school, I can't remember, I was like, I don't know, maybe 19, something like that, 20, something like that. I had this girlfriend and uh, we we were walking somewhere and she was Indian, so there's the whole Indian little tribe there that, you know, made a comment while I was walking past. And I said, hey, what did you say? And it's like, you know, who was it? was you, you, who Who the fuck was it? And there was like 10 guys there or something, 10, 12 guys. You know, like, oh, there's 10 of us. What are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to fucking come a close second. And, um, but I, I didn't know who it was. You know, I didn't know what it was that said whatever. And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll catch one of you guys one of these days when there's just like two or three of you. And then we'll talk. And sure enough, couple of weeks later I was going to the cinema and walking into the cinema I can't remember if I was walking in or walking out anyway and these four guys like come up and and they're like yeah there he is yeah what are you gonna do now I was like what am I gonna there's only four of you I was like fucking thank you <laughs> and, and, and one guy started to throw a punch and it, it was like uh, I'm actually lucky that I missed with one punch because I think I would have fucking injured that guy badly so you know i did a kick i punched the first guy in the face as hard as i could and to his credit it didn't go down but i broke his cheekbone and i broke my hand on his face so it was a pretty solid punch he, he managed to stay standing but i thought you know they're all gonna jump at the same time there's four of them that'd be the smart thing to do so i punched him kicked one other guy and then i you know without even looking i did a an uracan to assuming that this guy was coming and if he had been coming i would have hit him in the the temple with the with the knuckle you know and he just went zipped in front of his nose i looked like what he's not coming and i thought "Well, okay let's carry on and some other guy jumped in between and sort of said no 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 no." and uh and the guy that jumped in between was a well-known street fighter that was you know bigger stronger more evil than all five of us put together um he had like some serious fights, like knife fights and shit. And he got in the way. And I was like, dude, just leave me alone. It's fine. There's four of them. And he goes, no, 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 no. You, you just relax, man. Just don't, you know, just calm down. Just sit down. You know, <laughs> and I was like, well, why? There's four, you know. And he was protecting them, really, because we kind of, knew, we knew each other from other stuff. And, um, you know, and then I bumped into them. And a couple of weeks later, again, the same four guys. And I had a cast on my hand now because I did break my hand, you know, his face was like, balloon for for weeks. But, uh, and I thought, Oh, well, now they're really gonna go for it. Because it was also in a dark area, there was no witnesses, you know, no cameras. This is in Africa, like, you know, 30, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. So uh, I gave my girlfriend the car keys. And I said, just go home. You know, what are you doing? I said, no, just go home, because they're gonna come. And I'm there's no way I'm walking away from this. I'm not running. I'm not, you know, fuck that. So I went walking towards them with my broken hand. And I thought, oh, this is gonna get ugly, but man, I'm fucking take a if I can't take all of them down, I'll take as many as I can. I went towards them and they're like and I said, Yeah, so here we are now, boys, you know. <laughs> and they pretended not to see me and they just scattered. <laughs> they just disappeared. And it was like what the fuck, you know. Um so yeah. But that's Pretty really much been my attitude in life, and then you know, you do get wiser, and you, you know, this, and also you know, in Europe and stuff, you can't just have fist fights, otherwise, you'll end up in jail and shit, whatever. So, you tend to pick your battles a bit more. But, um, you know, the confrontation that never went away, you know, at work, at whatever, it's like, well, you, you want to argue whether it's a legal document, whether it's you know, some, some contractual dispute whether it's just an attitude, you know, whether you're just trying to be a bit of an asshole and push certain things through, I don't shy away from any confrontation, it's just like, nah, fuck that, you know, you just get wiser, you like, uh, there's some fights that really isn't worth having, but again, that's a little bit the constraints of the so-called first world, you know, in the Wild West, like I said, you know, like I said, I don't like the, the whole can't Jewel Catholic rule because in the Wild West, I'd be like, cool, can do what I want, go where I want. I wouldn't molest anybody, I wouldn't start out being an asshole. But, um, you know, if you got in my way and you were an asshole, well, high noon it would be. And living as a Christian is a lot easier because it's like, sometimes I, I see the stupidity, I see the dumbness, I see the confrontation. And it's like, yeah, it's not even a confrontation. What what before would have looked to me like some kind of a, a confrontation would be like, now it's just like, oh, he, he doesn't get it. Oh, he thinks this, and that's why he's acting that way, you know, and he's wrong about this. And he's also wrong about that. Wow, look at that. And it's quite interesting how very often, if you can see past that, And most of the reason I can see past that is because I'm Catholic now. Um, To make another analogy, when I first moved to South Africa, I didn't have a gun yet because I didn't have the permanent residence. And you needed to get that before you could get a gun and a gun permit and all that. But, you know, South Africa is a very violent place. There's confrontation all the time. Every weekend there was like two or three guys dead from just road rage. You know, because guys have a road rage to get out they start shooting each other. That was just kind of really the wild west. there was fifty two murders a week on average in Cape Town when I was living there and I was like, "Fuck you know i I don't back down from things, so I was kind of a bit worried about it for a while. Then I got my permanent residence, I got my handgun I got like security clearances I was working as a as a bodyguard and but as soon as I had the the gun on me, which I particularly lived with that with that gun on me. Um, And I had more than one. But anyway, um, as soon as that was on me, I was like, yeah, cool. You know, even if somebody tried to give me shit, then it was just like, yeah, whatever. Because now I don't necessarily have to have the confrontation. Because, you know, if you really piss me off, I'm going to shoot you dead. You know, if you're going to draw a gun on me or whatever, I'll fucking kill you. But And so I just let it go because you've got a gun. I'm not going to fucking shoot a guy or get in an argument with a guy over some words or over because he crossed the road in the wrong place and he beeped at me or, you know, I don't know. It's just dumb, you know, so. But it's the same sort of thing because if you're Christian, you you know, like, hey, you know, big picture things. Who cares if that guy's upset or whatever, you know, maybe he's had a bad day. So it's a lot more forgiving when you don't have Christianity as a backstop it's like everything matters you know nothing matters and everything matters nothing matters because well if there's no god if there's no it's just at the end we're all just food for worms but while i'm here fuck you i'm not going to let you get away with some shit that disturbs me you know um i think one of the commenters i made i made a, an analogy you know, like a joke saying you know if you live in a world where you can shoot the waiter, if he brings you the coffee a bit too cold or a bit too late, you know, I'd be okay in a world like that, because I've got good reflexes and and attention to detail. But, you know, (laughs) most people wouldn't like that sort of place, you know, be like feudal Japan on steroids. Um, And yeah, it is, it's, it's, it's a brutal sort of, you know, world. So Christianity is better. So yeah, it's just, I don't know, I, I just thought I'd share a little bit of the frustrations of, uh, you know, people think, oh, you've got a high IQ, you're just an arrogant, boastful fucker, and you think you're smarter and better than everybody else. No, I'm objecti- objectively smarter than most people. You know, that's a fact. I'm objectively quicker mentally than most people, but not always and not in everything. You know, like um, my wife's IQ is not as high as mine, but it is very high particularly for a woman, and she is quicker than me in certain specific things, you know, um, she has a great sense of humor, we, we both pretty quick on, on, uh, on comebacks with each other, you know, it's like, and an taking the piss out of each other, we're pretty, both pretty quick with that, but, uh, you know, she's faster in certain things, and that's great, it's good, so it's not about being an arrogant asshole just because you have a high IQ or whatever it's not about that it's just you can see stuff that other people don't see and also communicate in this format I don't have to deal with the idiots I can just ban them done don't have to try and talk to a guy who's like the color purple you're not you're not taking the color purple into account when you're considering the flat earth Uh it's like yep yeah, you're banned bye you know it's like don't have to deal with that shit. Uh, and you know, my friends know me, you know, I've got a lot of good friends, most of them live quite far away now. But um, you know, the people that I do hang out with, they know enough about me that they're, you know, they're okay with it. My, my supposed craziness is just as entertaining to them as their, uh, you know, lack of knowledge about the pyram- pyramids on Mars is to me, or whatever, you know. So, um, I'm mentioning all this as final point. And again, just keep in mind, guys, sometimes I leave the final point at the end um, because persistence pays dividends. Persistence is one of the... Courage and persistence. If you've got those two things, you will achieve stuff in life. You know, even if you're dumb and all sorts of other things. But if you're brave and you're persistent, you will achieve things. Persistence is necessary. So... Sometimes I put the little final points at the end and the final point was, you know, there has been several people that have now made some pretty interesting comments on some of the videos that find some value in my discussion topics or whatever. So one of the things is if you do happen to have a high IQ, you know, consider Christianity because even with a high IQ, I... Even before I became a Christian, I said, you know, God is provable to about 80%. That's what I used to say. Because up to about 80% probability, you can actually prove the existence of an intelligence behind creation. The last 20%, though, is a pretty subjective experience. It's what I call subjective objective. You have to... It's an experience that, that has, that unfortunately or fortunately is subjective. You can't prove it to other people but it can be absolutely objective for you. You'll never be able to prove it to anybody else, but you yourself will know, no, this this is objective. This is real. I didn't imagine this, you know. If, you know, I'll I'll make you a silly... I'll make you an unlikely example. Let's say that you're walking along and an alien spaceship lands And gives you a signed copy of the Lord of the Rings um, with a little alien thumbprint next to it as their signature that they do right in front of you. And then they get back into the spaceship and they bugger off. And this all happened in, I don't know, a meadow somewhere with no witnesses. And you go back home and you've got the signed copy of, you know, first edition of uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings with a little alien thumbprint next to it. Now, you could tell that story to whoever you want. No one would believe you. You know, you, there would be no way that you can prove that that little thumbprint next to it is an alien, that a spaceship landed, you know. But you, yourself, would have the book. And you know you didn't have that before, so only a couple of things could be going on. Either you're completely fucking insane, you bought the book yourself and you lost your mind, and then you did all the rest and you imagined it, Or Aliens did land and gave you a signed copy of Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings and put a little thumbprint next to it. So it's objective for you because you know, you know, if you're not crazy, you're not on medication, there's no other explanation. You've got the book and, you know, when you go to the same spot in the field a month later, you can still see where the little tripod of the spaceship landed, which means fuck all to anybody else, but you remember exactly where it was compared to the nearest tree and so on. That's it. What I call a subjectively, a subjective, objective experience. Um, and in my opinion, even before I became a Christian, before I had my Road to Damascus moment, you could prove God to eighty percent probability. But that last twenty percent, for me, was always like, well, you can never really prove that. So, you know, what is the nature of this intelligence? Who knows? And you guys, you Christians, you crazy Catholics with your lack of condoms and you're, you know, married for life stuff, oh, you crazy bastard! and here I am, so, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, it's an interesting life, and Christianity is a very interesting truth, because it is true, and uh, so unexpected, like much of the truth, I mean, you know, I get it, I get why people think that the earth is flat, who the hell would imagine a glowing ball of fire hanging in the sky, and not one, but trillions of them? But you know, people that say like, oh, uh, the, the, if you just believe in the universe that they tell you, in that astronomers tell you, well, it's so nihilistic, we're just these tiny guys on a little meaningless ball of rock that's in a meaningless galaxy surrounded by other trillions of meaningless suns. No, you moron. Just imagine how gigantic the universe is and how majestic God is. It's the opposite. Are you so narrow-minded, stupid, selfish, and self-absorbed that you think that it's all just about me? You're a fucking idiot narcissist. No. There's a whole, vast, huge, massive creation with billions of trillions of stars all over the place. And who knows how many plants, and who knows how many other intelligent alien races. Why not? It makes it better, not worse. I certainly have never got a nihilistic sensation from the the majesty of, of the Milky Way. If you've ever been in the Kalahari, looking at shooting stars, looking up, and you can see the Milky Way clear. Dude, that is, you are looking at a part of God when you're looking at that stuff. And anybody that says otherwise is a fucking idiot who's probably never lived outside of a city, all right? Go in the middle of the desert at night, and look at the stars and tell me that that is not amazing. And the fact that the light from the stars is started years before you're looking at it. It's incredible. It's its It's amazing. It's. Incredible in the good sense, not incredible in I can't believe it because it is not true. No, I can't believe it because I can believe it because it's so majestic it would seem impossible. And yet it's there. So, anyway, that was my little positive rant, I think, on the stupidity of humans around you and how being Christian makes it better. And remember, it's Catholic or get the fuck out. And uh, the t shirts are coming up with that uh crypto fashion. As soon as they've got it up on their website, they're gonna ping me a, a message and I'll uh I'll let you guys know. And remember I don't I don't make a penny out of it. I don't I've I've told them I'm not taking anything for it. Um you know one of the guys there had some pretty serious health problems so I'm all for helping his business in any way I can uh, get a bit better. They're they're a good bunch of guys so when the t-shirts are up I hope you immortals go out and buy one or ten or 50. Okay, Uh, that's it. Have a good night.